I, Clarendon. The Ticket. It's time for The Setup, the fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in here on a Tuesday, September 2nd, 2021 edition of The Setup. Cade Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you. 95.3 FM, The Ticket, 96.9 FM, 9.70 AM KNEA, streaming online at 953theticket.com and through the TuneIn app by searching for KNEA. Find us on social media as well, twitter.com at 953theticket, facebook.com slash 953theticket. We are inching ever so closely to the start of the A-State football season, the season opener uh, now just over – a couple of days away, Saturday at 6 o'clock inside Centennial Bank Stadium. It's A-State and UCA. So we're going to talk plenty about that game today and that matchup. Uh, we'll continue our unit previews that we've done throughout the week. Uh, we'll have a guest on the phone lines to talk about that A-State-UCA matchup. Uh, we'll kind of look at college football across the board. We'll check in on the Tour Championship, that and much more. Coming up on the program today, but first, Andrew will get us caught up on some headlines. All right, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. Arkansas State Athletics announced its program vaccination rates on Wednesday, and Vice Chancellor of Intercollegiate Athletics Tom Bowen stated that overall number was almost 90%. Six different programs, including men's, women's basketball, men's and women's golf, women's tennis, and volleyball are all at 100% while the overall percentage for student-athletes is at 88%. Additionally, 92% of the department's coaches and administration have received the vaccine. So, great on them. Yeah, Uh, it's good stuff. That's a competitive advantage, Exactly. sure. No suspended games or fines or anything. Well, no suspended games on your end, at least. Yeah, that's what I meant. So... Yeah, that's 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 great stuff. Moving on to Red Wolves baseball. They announced 10 summer additions to its program yesterday. The 10 consist of six junior college transfers as well as four from four-year institutions. All are in Jonesboro preparing to begin fall workouts later in September. Keeping on baseball, but moving to the pros. The Cardinals split their doubleheader with the Reds, winning 5-4 in Game 1, but, focus, yeah, but losing 12-2 in Game 2. Bad loss there, but they are off today and begin a series with Milwaukee on Friday. Yeah, after that first game, I thought the second game was going to be a lot closer, but, you know, it's hard when you play a doubleheader out of nowhere. Yeah. so Most times those doubleheaders result in the split. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's been your daily headlines brought to you by Plaza Tire Service. Now back to Cade. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, coming up on the program today, uh, we're going to check in with Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette at 2.30. He'll join us on Thursdays on the program, so kind of a unique, we're going to get a unique angle from him as he has spent time covering both A-State and UCA. Uh, We'll obviously focus a lot on A-State in our conversation with him, but uh, we'll get a chance to really kind of get our first 
look behind the scenes uh, at that UCA program uh, that rolls into town on Saturday. So we're going to check in with him uh, at 2.30. We'll continue our uh, unit previews that we've done throughout the course of the week in the final segment as we made it to Thursday, which means we'll take a look at the A-State defense before we really start getting into game predictions and what everyone is saying about the game on uh, tomorrow's program. Uh, So uh, we'll kind of start the program off talking college football from a national scene, but before we get into anything, I want to remind you coming up uh, tomorrow night, uh, you'll be able to hear high school broadcast all across our EAB Sports Network airwaves. Uh, Nettleton and Pocahontas is off for tomorrow. They will play in week three, so no Nettleton tomorrow night. Uh, but Valley View is able to add a home game against Harding Academy. Brooklyn is on the road against uh, Westside tomorrow night. You can hear the Valley View game over on 101.3 KBTM with Randy Myers on the call for that. And then you can hear the Brooklyn broadcast over on 101.7 KISS FM as well. And we'll have links to each individual video stream up on our social media pages at 95.3 The Ticket tomorrow. Uh, Meanwhile, Jonesboro at home, or on the road, excuse me, as they take on Cabot tomorrow night at 7 o'clock right here on The Ticket. So you can hear all three of those broadcasts tomorrow and then right here on The Ticket after that Jonesboro game goes final. Will Oswalt will be with you for the Friday Night Lights scoreboard show. So, uh, excited about tomorrow, another day where it's 7 to about 10.30, 11 or so of local programming uh, uh, on the ticket and uh, across our EAB EAB Sports Network airwaves tomorrow night. We'll be able to bring you some high school football coverage. So, uh, excited about that. Also, very, very excited for some college football this week. Oh, yeah. Last night, or yesterday on the show, we kind of looked at some of the midweek games because, you know, the midweek slate kicked off last night. It was UAB and Jacksonville Jacksonville State, and honestly was not a very interesting game until UAB kind of started scoring, and then once UAB started scoring, it became a not interesting game because it was – a three-touchdown game before you knew it. Uh, UAB won the game last night 31-0 to over uh, Jacksonville State after a slow start uh, in that one. So that was our first college football game of week one. And obviously we'll have more tonight. Uh, we're going to talk more about that Boise State and UCF game uh, coming up in the second segment of the program today. But uh, wanted to kind of... And we'll go over this tomorrow, too. We'll have Lane Whitman, the Whirlbird, on. Uh, and we'll kind of go over some national college football games as well as local games. But from a national standpoint, I don't know that we've had a much better week one in recent memory. There's a lot of really compelling matchups, compelling storylines throughout college football this weekend. Obviously, it's led by Georgia and Clemson Yeah, on Saturday night. That's the game that everyone's talking about. And, like, you know, it should be. It should be. Those are two top five teams, two teams that, you know, I don't know if whoever loses this game, if they're out of the playoff. But, I mean, these are two teams, regardless, win or lose, could end up in the playoff at the end of the year. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, like we saw in the CBS polls and everything, they had Clemson and Georgia in almost every list, whether it was Georgia second or Georgia fourth, they were in there. Um, 
and then a few over Alabama. So this will be interesting and really set the tone for, like you said, the playoffs and postseason yeah. and everything. But, like, I feel like in college football, you know, especially in week one, we'll have this game that we hype up all off season, and then it gets to it and it's like kind of a dud. You know, we got in the yeah. playoff last year and I had every expectation that Ohio State Clemson uh, was going to be this great semifinal game and like Ohio State blows them out. <laughs> and so it, it's kind of that same kind of that same feeling where it's like, man, I hope this is not a game that everyone hypes up and then like Georgia comes out and blows Clemson out or vice versa. Yeah, that's true. I remember the uh, back when Florida State was really good and they played Alabama in the first game and then yeah. Francois got hurt on the second play. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've already given up hope. I don't. I have no. I'm not going to watch a single minute of the Alabama game. I, I have no desire to watch it. I know what's going to happen. Bama's going to roll. But I would love it if Georgia Clemson was a one possession game at some point in the fourth quarter. I agree. I would love it. Um, the other game really interested in, uh, and this is, it's like a weird because usually the Fox games are at noon, big noon kickoff. But this one is a two thirty kickoff, uh, and it's. Lafayette and Texas. Now, when Texas scheduled this game probably five, six, seven years ago, whenever they scheduled it, I don't think they had any envision of this being a top 25 matchup. But that indeed is what it is. Both of these teams are in the top 25, toward the bottom of the top 25. And I think it's interesting because of two things. Number one, if Lafayette goes on the road and wins the game, kind of sets the college football world on fire because this is what everyone's going to be talking about yeah and you know i kind of hope that happens and then number two is chaos number two like from a sunbelt standpoint you're coming off a year where your league got the most exposure it has ever gotten since it was formed i mean you're again like we've talked about it when you think about the 2020 college football season one of the top five games that comes to mind is coastal carolina and byu on a saturday night on ESPNU in November, whatever it was played. Like, there were more national TV games, more Sunbelt storylines, more Sunbelt notoriety last year than there ever has been before. Yeah. And what a chance to capitalize and expand on that out of the gate in week one if Lafayette goes on the road and beats Texas, which yeah. I think is a very distinct possibility. This is huge for the conference. I mean, it like you said, it just furthers that expansion and that success, I guess. But – It'll be interesting. I don't think Texas is as good as everyone says they are every year. So, you know, this will really be the telling moment of if they're going to have a good season or not. Because this is, like they, like you said, they're both bottom of the top 25. So you lose to Lafayette, you know, it's going to set the world on fire. And Texas might not be as highly ranked anymore in the future. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. Uh, other interesting one is uh, UCLA and LSU, just simply because I think UCLA caught a lot of people off guard last weekend by how well they played against Hawaii, and it seems like that's a team that could be a contender in the Pac-12. And meanwhile, everyone is hopping up LSU. Like this is going to be a much improved LSU team. I don't know. I mean, I think they're a play away from losing the Arkansas game last year. You know, they're a they're a play away from. I mean, really and truly, there's about two or three games on their schedule last year that could have gone either way. The Arkansas game is the one that really stands out of could have gone either way, you know, at one point in the game. So that's interesting. I'm interested. I would love to know what the final score of that game is going to be. Yeah. I'm because not... I think that either you walk out and you're like, all right, 
LSU could be finish second in the West this year. You walk out and you're like, eh, LSU might be third, fourth in the West this year. Eight and four, seven and five. Yeah, it's it could go either way. I'm not entirely sold on this LSU team, but we'll see. Yeah. And obviously on the list is A-State and UCA. Like, we talked about this game forever. Uh, but, I like, I just think A-State and UCA is a very interesting matchup for a lot of reasons. Number one, it's a kind of a regional state game. I mean, UCA, Conway is an hour and 40 minutes away from here. It's a very local, regional game, in-state opponent. A-State-UCA is always a competitive game, it seems like. And there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of question marks. Yeah. it'll. I, personally, I want A-State to make a statement. I want 200-plus rushing yards, first off, and two or more turnovers. Okay. And would love it. would love to see some three and outs. Yeah, I agree. I mean – Either way, it's going to be a good game, regardless of what happens. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see this, like you said, this team that has so many question marks around it and go against this, like we talked about yesterday, veteran-filled UCA team. So, it's a good matchup, and it's going to be a good game. Which kind of leads us into uh, something cool that's going on tomorrow night. It's always kind of a part of Paint the Town Red Week, and that's the Hall of Honor Banquet. And, it was announced two or three weeks ago, whenever it was announced, and we kind of went over it, but I don't really know that we made as big of a deal as we need to on this class that's getting inducted into the Hall of Honor at A-State tomorrow night. First off, you have Demario Davis, who has become one of the bigger names in the NFL, not only for what he's done on the field, but a lot of what he's done off the field, uh, and someone that's like, remain true to A-State and promoted A-State. Then you have Ryan Applin, who a lot of people refer to as the GOAT, which he is. Like, he is. Um, You have Tom Bar- Todd Baumgartner, Sharika Nelvis, Joe Slayton. Like, it is a loaded class for the Hall of Honor. Yeah, definitely. Wow. So, uh, that's uh, an exciting part of uh, – what uh, is coming up this weekend with the eight-state home opener. Uh, About 15 minutes away from now, we're going to visit with Mitchell Gladstone, get his take on both A-State and UCA. Uh, We'll come back, check in on the MLB, check in on the uh, Tour Championship, uh, and much more after this time out here on The Ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Hatcher going deep, right side, looking for Green. He's open, caught. Touchdown, Dahoo Green from 49 yards out. The Butch Jones era begins this Saturday as the Red Wolves open the season at home against the Bears of UCA. And once again this year, your flagship home for A-State football is 107.9 K5. Coverage from Centennial Bank Stadium begins Saturday at 4 with the Mid-South 4 Dealers Tailgate Show. That's followed by the Centennial Bank pregame show at 5 and kickoff at 6. And stay tuned after the game for Wolf House, presented by Baird Auto Group, live from the Embassy Suites Jonesboro. A-State football is sponsored in part by Hytrol, Vision Care Center, First Security Bank, Hilltop Family Dentistry, JT White Hardware and Lumber, Crown Limousine, Magnet Motor Company, Elite Eye Care, Hijinx, Arkansas State University, Max Prairie Wings, NEA Golf Cars, Mr. T's, and Renner Communications. 
Whether it's football or football, Play It Again Sports can get you ready for the field or the pitch this season. Go by Play It Again for football or soccer cleats, pads, shin guards, socks, even helmets. And of course, if you need a ball for practice at home, Play It Again has those too. And don't forget to bring your used equipment by Play It Again and turn it into cash. No matter if you're playing America's game or the beautiful game, the season is here. And that means it's time for you to get by Play It Again Sports at Highland and Caraway in Jonesboro. Where are we going? I thought you wanted to get some stuff for the party. We're going to the old country store off the Cash River in Sedgwick, just 10 miles from Jonesboro. Yeah, but we need something besides beer and wine, don't we? The old country store has all spirits now. I'm taking you to see all your favorite men. Oh, you mean Jack, Jim, Jose, and Johnny. Yep. You know, Jose's my favorite. Keep your clothes on this time. The proceeding was recorded by poorly paid voice actors. The Old Country Store and Spirits, 16067 Highway 63 East in Sedgwick, just 10 miles from Dan Avenue. The Old Country Store. Hey, everybody, it's Matt Stoltz. And Brad Bobo. So everybody seems to have a podcast these days, and, well, we've decided to join the party. Starting in August, we'll release a new episode every Tuesday. Of course, we'll talk about what's going on with the Red Wolves, but we'll also be able to talk about some things we might not always get to. That's right. We'll have interviews, behind-the-scenes info, tell plenty of stories, and have a whole lot of fun as we talk about everything A-State. It's the Second to None Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. New episodes every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back. Here on a Thursday setup on the ticket, Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you. One segment down, three to go. About 12 minutes away or so uh, from a conversation with Arkansas Democrat Gazette, A-State, and UCA reporter uh, Mitchell Gladstone. So looking forward to talking with him. Uh, All right, so some college football news that was interesting that doesn't pertain to a game being played this weekend uh, came out about, uh, I guess, about three hours or so ago. Came out uh, just before eleven o'clock. Uh, it was, I believe, it was Max Olson first, who is a national college football reporter for the Athletic, that initially broke the report, saying that the Big 12's current preference in expansion discussions is adding four members. Obviously. Big 12 is losing Texas and Oklahoma. There's rumors that Kansas is trying to go to the Big 10, and there's been a lot of uncertainty and question marks about whether that league would exist in two or three years. But uh, their current preference is to add four members, and the four members at the top of that list are BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. Interesting. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it definitely does. But First off, you're getting four programs for at least in football that have won and won recently now Houston's been 
kind of hit or miss over the last few years. But, I mean, they're five years away from being the group of five representative in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Yeah. Six years away, however long it's been. Obviously, BYU was very good last year. UCF has Gus Malzahn, and they're going to win a lot of games with him as the head coach. And Cincinnati is a preseason top ten team in the country. Yeah. I mean – so you add the football success, and then you add the fact that all of these are in big TV markets. Mm-hmm. Houston, Cincinnati, Orlando, Provo is 40 minutes south of Salt Lake City. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Makes you think. <laughs> yeah. But this is this is interesting. I mean, this is the news I wanted from hearing about the Big 12 because every other week it's been like hearsay and all this other stuff, but this is kind of – Finally, some cemented concrete evidence that something's going to happen. So I'm happy to hear that. But it'll be interesting how them leaving the American is going to yeah. shake up the American and see what happens there. That 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 becomes really interesting because the American is kind of – they call it – I mean, I don't know they call themselves the Power Six, and it's annoying, and I don't like it. <laughs> but, I mean, the American has been the best group of five conference in football for the last few seasons. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, from from top to bottom, they have been probably the most complete group of five conference in football. And you're talking about losing, like, the three at the top of their list. Mm-hmm. So you'd still have Memphis and you'd still have Tulsa, who's eh. Um, trying to think of who else. And Tulsa, I mean, Tulsa beat some people last year. I mean, Tulsa's not... Right, bad, but I'm saying but compared to Cincinnati. And yeah, Houston, I mean, that that would be a big blow to the uh, Definitely. American Athletic Conference. So, um, interesting stuff coming out there uh, from the Big 12. Uh, there was another report, too. It was uh, Chuck Carlton of the Dallas Morning News said that the timeline is fuzzy, but the process could be completed sometime during this academic year. So, hmm. uh Interesting stuff that there in the never-ending world of college football drama expansion realignment, whatever you <laughs> want to call it. So uh, that's that. Uh, we'll touch a little bit on some MLB talk as we mentioned in the headlines last night. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals split with the Cincinnati Reds in the seven-inning doubleheader. So. They remain two and a half back of the second wild card spot. All of a sudden, the Philadelphia Phillies are also two and a half back, and the Padres are a game and a half back or a half game back of the Reds for the second wild card spot. So, four teams, all within three games of each other, fighting for this second wild card spot. It's interesting. It's definitely coming down to the wire. It's uh, it's that time of year. Everyone's yeah, working hard trying it's, to get it. Uh, Obviously, like that's kind of on the back burner now with college football. But, I mean, it does create this very interesting wild card race. I don't know that it's as interesting in the AL. I mean, the A's still have a chance. The Mariners still have a chance. But the A's are two games back. The Mariners are three and a half back. I mean, you have four teams essentially competing for one spot in the NL. And I think it's going to come down to the very last week of the season and yeah. i don't know if that's going to be the case as much um, i saw the uh the dodgers moved into first place today so that's yeah be... which is to be expected yeah definitely. i mean they have the best plus 213 the best run differential in baseball it's I... kind of it's kind of wild am i upset is at the expense of the giants maybe a little bit <laughs> <laughs> kind of wild. all right um uh, 
we'll about five minutes away or so from catching up with uh, Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, we'll take a look in the final tournament of the year in golf is underway. It's the Tour Championship at East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta. And it's they've kind of done this in the last two or three years where they stagger it. So whoever has the most FedEx Cup points entering, they're at 10 under, and then it's 8 under, 7 under, 6 under, so on and so forth. Uh, right now, Patrick Cantlay, who started the day at 10 under, has the lead. He's at 11 under par. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau has made a couple of birdies to get back to even. He's at 7 under par. And in uh, fifth place, Roy McIlroy, 4 under on the day, uh, 6 under par in seventh place. And then... Uh, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, both at five under par and tied for nine. So that's going on uh, in the Tour Championship over in Atlanta uh, this week. All right, what game tonight are you most interested in? Is it Boise UCF? It's got to be Boise UCF. Uh, I'd say it's that one. Ohio State, Minnesota is pretty interesting. Um, I'm going to watch the UT game just to see yeah. how they're looking, but I'm not very hopeful. You know, there's part of me that wants to be optimistic, but as a Tennessee fan for four years, that kind of fades away after a while. So, <laughs> what about I, you? Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see uh, the Boise State UCF game. Uh, it's a complete sellout for UCF there at the Bounce House in Orlando. Uh, so the atmosphere is going to be rocking. Uh, I love that name. It's. We talked about it uh, at 12 o'clock and that Eastern Washington is actually a favorite, a one-and-a-half-point favorite against UNLV tonight, which is interesting. very interesting. Uh, so Vegas siding with Eastern Washington in that matchup against <laughs> UNLV, which is very, very interesting. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm kind of interested to see what App State looks like. I mean, I think it's a neutral site game, 630 ESPNU, kind of a potential – statement game chance for app an east carolina team that really hasn't been great in the last few years and mm -hmm. i mean kind of a statement opportunity for app and i think they're a 10 point favorite but i mean that's a game they can win by two or three touchdowns easily definitely the boise state ufc or uh, ucf game is going to be uh very interesting i think it's going to be a close game you know like you said it's sold out I think that's going to be a good kickoff for the whole season. I think that game right there is embodying what I want college football to be and what everyone wants college football to be all season. Yeah. Sold out, uh, packed crowd, you know, great game, close game. That's what that's what we want. Yeah, you get a chance to see Dylan Gabriel again at UCF, who's, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the group of five. So there's a lot of interesting storylines coming out of that game uh, tonight. Again, uh, it is a 6 o'clock kickoff in that contest tonight, and it's over on uh, ESPN from Orlando. So should be a fun one there. Also, Ohio State at Minnesota tonight, uh, as we'll get to see a uh, redshirt freshman for <laughs> Ohio State uh, make his – debut tonight or so. maybe we'll see another redshirt freshman <laughs> yeah maybe they got plenty of freshmen so either way you're gonna see a freshman of some kind yeah so uh that'll be a uh, fun one cj stroud is named the uh, starting quarterback for ohio state by the way so that's uh, tonight over on fox all right uh we are just over two days away from the kickoff of the 2021 a-state football season in the butch jones era at arkansas state so we're going to step aside we'll come back we'll get our first chance to chat with mitchell gladstone ahead of that game on saturday night at centennial bank stadium that's coming up after this on the ticket
Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on The Ticket. 95.3 and 96.9 The Ticket is adding another hour of local programming. Hey, this is Cade Carlton. Starting August 23rd, join me and Andrew Bowen every weekday from 2 to 3 right here on The Ticket for our newest show, The Setup. We'll talk all things A-State, college sports, professional sports, and whatever else the topic of the day might be. And we'll interview a wide variety of guests from local and national levels. It's The Setup, weekdays 2 to 3 right here on 95.3 and 96.9 The Ticket. Red Wolves fans, this is Coach Butch Jones, and it's game week. We need you in Centennial Bank Stadium this Saturday. Patrick going deep left side, looking for Rucker. Rucker leaping, makes the catch. Touchdown, Corey Rucker. Corey Rucker with his second touchdown here in the first 10 minutes. Help us lock the vault. Secure your seat now. Visit astateredwolves.com or call 870-972-2781. Wolves up. Collision Repair in Jonesboro knows the hassle that a wreck or fender bender causes in our day-to-day lives. You need to be back in your vehicle fast and don't have time to keep taking it back into the shop for missed details. Collision Repair is committed to delivering quality work in a timely manner so you can be back on the road fast. You'll be glad you chose Collision Repair to get your car back to normal after an accident. Get your vehicle fixed right the first time. Call Collision Repair at 935-9482. What's your favorite? place in the natural state show us enter farmers and merchants banks my favorite place in the natural state photo contest and you could win one of three big gift baskets packed full of arkansas made products enter through midnight september 19th at 953theticket.com or our facebook page enter the my favorite place in the natural state photo contest with three gift baskets awarded full of great products made in arkansas brought to you by 95.3 the ticket and farmers and merchants bank member fdic Hello, my name is Sidney Moncrief. I've taken over 10,000 shots during my career. And one of them is the COVID-19 vaccine. It's safe, it's effective, and it will allow us to return back to normal. Let's vaccinate Arkansas so we can all get back in the game. It's the easiest shot you will ever take. Save lives. Get your vaccination. Learn more at healthy.arkansas.gov. This message brought to you by the Arkansas Department of Health. There's only one natural ingredient that could instantly shift your mood, help you focus, recall lost memories, lower stress, and boost your self-confidence. It's available everywhere, works immediately, is affordable, and can change the quality of your life forever. It's called playing music. Side effects include restless foot syndrome, spontaneous undulation, and can be highly contagious. If a smile doesn't last for more than four hours, consult your nearest music store. Just play. Your prescription to a better life. Brought to you by the NAM Foundation. It's the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back. Halfway home on a Thursday edition of the setup here on the ticket. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you. Hey, we're uh, just over two days away from kicking off the 2021 A-State football season Saturday night at 6 o'clock inside Centennial Bank Stadium. And it's our first chance on the program to catch up with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette reporter for A-State. It's Mitchell Gladstone who's with us this afternoon. Mitchell, how are, how are you? I'm good. Ready to finally get out of 
talking season and get ready for some football season. It uh, feels nice that it's like two days away, and just like you guys, I'm just excited to be back at a game and covering and writing and, you know, seeing what happens. Well, I know you were you got a chance uh, to kind of take in practice uh, this week after the uh, media availability session. Just how much excitement is kind of around this uh, program right now for A State? Yeah, you know, I think it's everybody. I get the sense that everybody's just ready to get going. Corey Rucker told me, you know, he's feeling nervous. Um, there's just this good. I think it's a good nervous energy, just like you know. You know, you would get for you know going back to the first day of school. You know, it's the same sort of thing. They just need to get out there and do it. Um, so, you know, I think it's, I think they're you know they're feeling ready. Um, you know, obviously, all the stuff they've been working on this off season and trying to put it together with a new coach, a new defensive coordinator. You know, that stuff that they have to figure out. Um, you know, on the field, but they I think everyone you know seems. Be ready to sort of get it going. Uh, depth chart came out with that uh, media availability on Tuesday. You know, we've all been kind of wondering about what that depth chart would look like, and everyone expected there to be an or listed by the quarterback position. We're not going to know who's going to be the starter until probably six oh five on Saturday night. Uh, but what do you think both both of these quarterbacks, Hatcher and Blackman, you know, could kind of bring to this program, whoever is named the starter? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that you're not going to see a whole ton of difference in no matter who starts. I think you know what the ceiling is with Lane Hatcher. Um, you also know what the floor is. You know that he's going to be steady. Um, he knows how to put the ball down the field. He knows a lot of these guys in these offense. Obviously, James Blackman has had the whole offseason to get used to everybody. Um, but if you just you know look at the stats, it's something that I've you know studied you know for the last couple of weeks is that you know Blackman's had some really up and down years. He's been benched multiple times. Yeah. So you know the, the idea of inconsistency with him. Um, you know, that's something that Coach Jones has talked about is, you know, having consistency at the quarterback spot. So, in that sense, you know, it makes me think, okay, Lane Hatcher's the guy, but I don't know. It'll be really, really, I I think it's just going to be really interesting to see who it is. Um, And I think regardless, you know, Coach Jones made it very clear that they're going to not be, it's not like they're going to be rotating these guys. And whoever's out there is probably going to be the guy, at least for now. So, you know, you'll see them. I'm sure for the first half, if it's a close game, you know, you'll see him in the second half. I would guess that it's it's a you know a blowout or you know a multi score multi score game late on. Maybe you'll see the other guy get a chance late. But I really think you know whoever that guy is, whoever that QB one is, that's going to be their show, and so we'll get to see plenty of them on Saturday night. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of depth at the running back position, and we'll be able to talk more on that next week after you know we've seen what that running back position looks like and what maybe the rotation at running back looks like but uh, I know a guy that a lot of people are excited about is Marcel Murray obviously kind of been dealing with injuries you know in each of the last two seasons here at A-State what do you kind of expect to to see out of him uh, and a guy that said you know he finally feels like he's fully healthy yeah I mean if there's going to be a workhorse back it's going to be him um you know you look at a lot of the depth behind him lincoln pair um 
as Ibuki. You know, you've got a bunch of names um, who are behind him. But when I, you know, there's, and there's depth across the board, which is, I guess, a good problem to have for Butch Jones. But I think if there's one spot where you know who the guy is, who it's going to be consistently, it's at the running back spot. It's Marcel Murray. Um, you know, I think they're asking the running backs to do a lot more in this offense. You know, they're going to be asking them to be important in the, the pass-blocking game. They're going to be asked, asking them to be important in, in the pass-catching game and then obviously yeah. running the ball. So, you know, I really don't have a sense of, you know, what this offense looks like. I think, you know, you can study, you know, Butch Jones' past offenses. You can study the, the Arkansas State offenses under Keith Heckendorf and try to maybe piece it together. Um but for me, you know, I just try to listen and hear what they're saying. And, you know, I think we'll take that and put it together with what we're able to see in Saturday night's game. And like you said, you know, we'll have a much better sense of what this offense is going to look like. I'm, I'm so genuinely curious. I think as much as, you know, a lot of fans are just curious to see how they do, I'm really curious to see how this team looks and what type of team they're running on both sides of the ball. Defensively, there's probably a lot more optimism about the defense this year uh, than there was last year. Obviously, switching back to a four-man front makes a lot of people excited. And one of those guys up front is Kyvon Bennett, uh, a transfer out of Tennessee. And, you know, he's not someone that just played and was on the team at Tennessee. He's someone that was a starter and was very productive for Tennessee last year. What have you kind of seen out of him? What's the excitement level around him, you know, being in the fold on that defensive line? Yeah. I can't say enough good things about how, or just in terms of how impressed I've been by Kevon Bennett. Um, he was he had two sacks in each of his last two games before he was kicked off the Tennessee team. Um, he was arrested with a gun charge and a drug possession charge. Um, but you know he's been so he's, he's been very clear eyed and sober about you know what led him to getting off the team, getting kicked off the team at Tennessee. Uh, getting this chance with Butch Jones, who recruited him to Knoxville in the first place. And you know, he's, he's clearly a leader on the defense, along with uh, Caleb Bonner and two other guys in the defensive line, Terry Hampton and Vidal Scott. So, you know, I think that group, especially up front, uh, you know, you've got the guy in Joe Ozuglu who has played several years at North Texas. Um, you've got a bunch of guys in depth, obviously, T.W. Ayers, who Arkansas State fans know well. Um, you've got so many of these guys. Um, that's a spot that is going to have to be the strength for this defense if they're going to get things turned around. And the, just the fact that he is a leader, um, I think that's going to carry a lot of weight in terms of, you know, beyond just what they do on the field. Um, you know, they're going to have to get some things fixed in the, in the defensive backfield. There are a bunch of new names in the mix. I don't know that the same five guys that are back there in the defensive backfield, uh, including Anthony Switzer, um, are necessarily going to be the same guys next week. And I think it's going to continually be them trying to figure it out until it gets to where they want it to be. But, again, as it really is across the board, there's just so much depth. And I think it gives them the luxury of having enough pieces to play with until hopefully they can get the right ones. Talking with uh, Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette here. All right, let's 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 talk a little bit about uh, UCA. Obviously, you've kind of been covering both A-State and UCA a little bit uh, throughout the summer. Uh, it's kind of a tale of two teams. You know, on one side, A-State, there's a lot of unknowns. And on UCA, there's really 
a lot of knowns with UC, a lot of returners from last year. And we'll start offensively. They're led by quarterback Braylon Smith. And I know there are some high expectations uh, for that UCA offense this year. Yeah, I mean, you just look at it. I mean, Braylon Smith, he's going into his sixth year. You've got Tyler Hudson, who's the uh, Atlantic Sun preseason player of the year now, offensive player of the year, I should say. Now, granted, there are only, I think, three teams that were part of that. So, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. But clearly, um, I think he's also an FCS preseason All-American. So he's someone who uh, is clearly very talented um, and gives them a real anchor at the wide receiver position. And that's on top of Luan winning him, who's another really good partner for Braylon Smith. He's going into sixth year. They've got Cameron Myers in the backfield, along with um, a couple of really impressive in-state freshman running backs. Um, or sorry, one in state freshman running back, another from Texas. Um, so that offense is, is going to be humming. Um, and the question is, you know, I really think is, is I think it's going to be a matter of can Arkansas State's offense overwhelm a UCA defense that is replacing, um, you know, a couple guys, including Robert Rochelle, who was the number four pick, or sorry, fourth round pick, I should say, of the Los Angeles Rams in this year's NFL draft. All right. So before we kick off on Saturday, uh, what can our readers, find, or what can our listeners find over at the Democrat Gazette? Um, I, I'm going to try to repost the whole thread of everything that I've done. Um, we've done position previews on the uh, six position groups as well as the specialists. Um, I've done two stories that give you one thing to know about all the newcomers. Um, tomorrow, actually, tomorrow night will be the Arkansas Hall of Fame. Uh, our Hall of Honor induction ceremony, and I got to talk to Demario Davis yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that piece is up from this morning, and I don't want to give everything away, but there will be a very cool feature coming on Saturday um, about how this Arkansas State team under Butch Jones has prepared for its first game and all the little details that they've been doing to get to know exactly how they're going to go for the full week of preparing for this game, they actually basically did a walkthrough of game week. So all of last week, they pretended like was this week. And so you get, there's a lot of details about that and just how some of the leadership and the approach to things has changed under Butch Jones from last year. It's like Anderson, that's going to be out uh, Saturday um, before the game. So all of that uh, will be on uh, the Arkansas Democrats website, ArkansasOnline.com. Uh, you can fo- follow me on Twitter as well, at MP Gladstone, and I will be tweeting it all out today and tomorrow uh, so that, you know, if you want to find it all in one easy place, it's there too. All right. Well, appreciate the time. Uh, look forward to catching up with you on Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, hopefully recapping an A-State victory. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it. And uh, like I said, football season, let's do it. Let's Thanks do it. For it Gabe. All right, appreciate the time. That's uh, Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the A-State reporter for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, joining us on the Ritter Communications Hotline. We'll step aside, come back with the final segment of the program after this on the ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next on the ticket. 
Candle price is falling. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. September corn at 516 and a quarter up three quarters. We December corn at 525 and a half up two and three quarters. September soybeans at 1279 and a quarter up one and a half. And November soybeans at 1283 and a quarter up five and a half. September wheat at 704 up three. December wheat at 717 up two and three quarters. October cotton at 9514 up 99. With December cotton at 9329 also up 99. September rice at 1305 and a half up eight. With November rice. 1330 up six. Moving on to livestock now. October live cattle 12605 down 152 and a half. December live cattle 13220 down 140. September feeder cattle 16030 down 262 and a half. With October feeder cattle 16505 down three dollars. October lean hogs at 8985 down 30. December lean hogs at 8232 and a half down 15. That's your EAB market countdown, and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. Let's talk about America. Not taxes or tweets or the issues that divide us, but how incredible our country is. Left, right, up, down, state lines to winding coastlines. Whether you come home to a crowded city street, tree-lined suburb, or sleepy small town, everyone deserves to live in a clean, green, and thriving community. And we all share in the responsibility to create beauty that ripples from one neighborhood to another, and one block to the next. We are Keep America Beautiful, the nonprofit working with millions of people just like you to end littering, improve recycling, and beautify our communities. Because every mindful action and sustainable habit has a positive impact, and it all adds up. Learn how you can join Keep America Beautiful at kab.org. Together, we can do beautiful things. At Mr. T's, they know football games start way before kickoff. And that's why Mr. T's is your tailgate party headquarters this football season. Get 30 packs of Bud, Bud Light, Coors, and Miller Light for just $20.75, tax included. Plus, Mr. T's has the largest selection of beers and wines from around the world, all at the absolute best prices. So make the game-winning drive to Mr. T's at Riverside or Mr. T's Express in Red Onion, Missouri. And as always, Mr. T's reminds you to drink responsibly. Mr. Jim's Pawn Shop in Jonesboro wants to help you with your stress about paying bills by giving you top dollar for all of your gold and silver jewelry or coins. Deal with local people who will be there for you this week and the next. Jim's Pawn Shop at 3711 East Highland has been in business for over 25 years and is known for the best low terms in the area. Jim's will give you money on almost anything of value. You'll find a large selection of items at price to help your budget. Diamonds, musical instruments, video games, hunting gear, electronics, inventory changes daily. Visit Jim's Pawn Shop at 3711 East Highland in Jonesboro voted best of the best six years in a row. Timeout's over, and we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. Back. Welcome back as we get set to close out the show today. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the setup. Thanks to Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette for hopping on, previewing Saturdays. A-State UCA contest at Centennial Bank Stadium at 6 o'clock. A game you can hear over on 107.9 K-Fine. So excited for that. Uh, We'll have a chance to uh, tomorrow to catch up uh, for our weekly visits with Lang Whitman, the rail bird. We'll look at some uh, college football lines uh, for the weekend, including the A-State UCA line, which I've only seen posted at like one place so I don't know 
Hopefully by tomorrow it'll be posted more places uh, for that uh, A-State-UCA line. But uh, appreciate Mitchell for hopping on with us. All right, so what we've done throughout the course of the week on the show is our unit previews. So Monday we looked at the UCA offense. Tuesday it was the A-State offense. Uh, Wednesday it was the UCA defense. Today it's the A-State defense. And then we'll kind of get into some uh, game predictions and whatnot after our conversation uh, with the Railbird tomorrow. All right, so we uh, we did the UCA defense yesterday and obviously lost a couple of pieces from last year, but still a defense that's returning a lot of its production from last year. That doesn't seem to be a, a lot of the case for A-State, but there is a whole lot more optimism and excitement about the defense, I feel like, than there has been. Uh, in the past free previous years. So you're back to a four-man defensive front, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. And two of your guys up front are guys that have been on the A-State roster and have played meaningful snaps as Red Wolves. The other two are guys that have transferred in but it played meaningful snaps at their previous institutions. So it makes up a very interesting front four and a front four I'm really excited to kind of see in action for the first time on uh, Saturday. So Joe Azugu of at a defensive end, he's a senior transfer out of North Texas. In 2019, he had 42 tackles, five tackles for loss and three sacks. He also had 29 tackles in 2018, two and a half for loss, one forced fumble, and throughout his time at North Texas, showed the ability to disrupt plays, get to the backfield, you know, tackles for loss, sacks, forced fumbles, and has really shown the ability to disrupt plays, which is a trend with everyone on this defensive line. You look at Kevon Bennett, of the junior transfer out of Tennessee, at a defensive end spot. Obviously, number one, he had SEC experience. And it's not like SEC experience of he stood on the sideline and wore a jersey. Like, no, he, legitimate SEC experience starting on the defensive line at Tennessee. He was one of the best defensive players on that team, I would argue. He was. He was tied second in the SEC with seven and a half tackles for loss last season. He led Tennessee with four and a half sacks last year. He had... In the Auburn game alone, he had five tackles, three for loss, and two sacks. He had six tackles for loss in 2019 and 27 overall. And like legitimately, if he comes back to Tennessee this year, would have been the starter on the defensive line and would have been maybe their best player defensively. And now he's at A-State. He's a stud. Yeah. There's not much else to say. He's a, he's a fantastic player. And then you go to the two guys that have kind of been in the program. Terry Hampton at defensive tackle, the junior, preseason, Phil Steele, all fourth team Sunbelt, a guy that made, you know, 10 starts a year ago where he had 35 tackles, six tackles for loss. He had multiple tackles in every game, and it's his fourth year of experience on the defensive line. Everyone on this defensive line has experience. It may not be at A-State, but they have experience playing on the defensive line. Whether it's at A-State, the CUSA, or the SEC, there is experience. Madell Scott had defensive tackle, 18 tackles last year and five starts. He had a sack that came in the finale against ULM and really kind of saved some of his better play of the season for the final few games. So there is 
I think there's a lot of excitement with the defensive line, and it stems from the fact that you probably have four guys that have shown the ability to disrupt plays. Yeah. And I don't know the last time you could say that about an A-State defensive line. I mean, it's just like the UCA defensive line, all that experience on that front seven and just – Yeah. It's awesome. You don't, you don't even have to go – you don't even have to go back – you know, two years to where A-State switched to a three-man front of the defensive line because they did not have enough depth, and they just added more guys in the secondary because they did not have enough depth on the defensive line. That's right. not the case this year. It's kind of changed to where, hey, maybe that might be the strong point of your defense <laughs> this year. They got enough depth this time. Yes, which is – it's. I'm very interested to see what that unit looks like on Saturday because – Obviously, a lot of experience returned for UCA offensively, and they returned just about every starter on their offensive line from a year ago. So uh, it's a good test out of the gate for this A-State defensive run to kind of see what they're going to look like this year. Definitely. uh, When they play UCA on uh, Saturday. All right, linebacking core. It's sophomore Anthony Switzer, who is a local product, has already played two years at A-State, He started six games last year, and the most interesting stat about Anthony Switzer is that he led the team with two forced fumbles individually. I would venture to guess that would not lead the team this year. Two forced fumbles is not going to lead the team this year for A-State. No. It's not. It's it's going to – it may not be much more than two, but two forced fumbles will not lead the way individually for A-State this year. Mm Mm-hmm. But 30 tackles a year ago, multiple tackles in six games, an interception, and he's gotten better every single year. So the expectations for him have to be sky high because he's shown improvement every year he's been at A-State. Mitchell mentioned Caleb Bonner as being one of the leaders on this defense, and, I mean, he should be. He's a senior, and he's a guy that's, you know, been in the program. Um, Didn't play as much maybe as he probably would have liked to last year, but – in the, ser- in the season finale against ULM, he had six tackles. In 2019, he started 13 games. Top 35 in the Sun Belt and tackles in 2019. So, obviously, expected to be a leader. Right. Especially coming off that injury and everything. And yes. Coming back. And then you have Dane Motley, who's also in the rotation. A lot of people have said good things about him. So, you have some experience at that at that linebacking core, led by two guys that have been in the program for years, which has got to make you excited. Uh, You move on to the safeties, and it's led by Antonio Fletcher, who's one of, if not the most experienced guys on the defense. All 13 games, uh, a couple of years, in 2018 and 19, um, he had 40 tackles, one tackle for loss, two interceptions, and three pass breakups in 19 and he had a team-high two interceptions that was 14th in the Sun Belt. So, obviously, expectations are high for Antonio Fletcher. They're high for Taylor Doss, too, who's a redshirt freshman. Actually started in the Kansas State game, because if you remember going back to the Kansas State game last year, A-State was kind of ravaged by the uh, the injury bug and kind of the COVID bug going into the game. And he played a lot in the Kansas State and the Coastal games last year. So, you have some experience there. Uh Everyone really excited about Denzel Blackwell, the transfer out of Boston College at corner, and then obviously uh, Jarius Robinick, who's in his third year at A-State and had 29 tackles uh, last season. So a lot of 
a few pieces that returned from last year, a few pieces that transferred in that you're excited about. And listen, I'm not saying the defense is going to go out and be the best defense in the conference or the best defense in the country. Right. But I think they're going to get stops. No, yeah, I think they're solid. Um, really, the question marks are the secondary. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not you're not going to see until the game happens uh, how that secondary is going to do. But on paper, um, they look impressive for the most part. But like you said, you know, they're just kind of a question mark. Um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I mean, a lot of new faces, a lot of returning faces. So interesting to see how this defense plays, especially against this good UCA offense yeah and like it's not like you need them to it's not like you're in a situation where the cupboard is bare offensively and you're gonna have to shut people out to win games no like that's not the case your offense is good you're going to score points Mm -hmm. can the defense just get stops occasionally can you just be average exactly if you're average i think it's a good season all right uh four shells down one to go We'll have that tomorrow from 2 to 3 here on the ticket. The drive with Brad Bobo is next. The front one with Bedro from 7 to 10 tomorrow. 10 to 12, it's Red Wolf Roll Call. 12 to 2, it's the Workday Red Zone. And that'll get you back to us tomorrow from 2 to 3. So, for Andrew, I'm Cade saying so long. Have a great Thursday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon.